Sengitamu, and welcome to another episode of the Pueblo Resilience Podcast. It's my pleasure to welcome our guest, Chris Velarde. He currently works for the Pueblo Powake Tewa Language Department. They're doing a lot of great stuff over there, adapting to coronavirus, doing um, classes online, and focusing on language and culture revitalization. Uh, Chris is both Apache and from Santa Clara Pueblo and has a unique indigenous experience and perspective that I really can't wait to dive into. So Chris, thank you so much for being here today and just giving me some of your time this afternoon. I really do appreciate it. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, but before we continue with this, um, I'd like to open this meeting with a small prayer. You know, yeah. That's usually common in our, in our traditional ways. So, um, I'm going to Usually when, in, in our traditional way, whenever we open a meeting, we always open with a prayer because we want the setting to be to be in the right mood, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, this prayer that, that I just mentioned, is, it's just a simple prayer. And it's asking for uh, guidance, it's asking for blessings and, and um, for all of us here, all of us in, in this world that live here, especially here that in our uh, southwestern town. And it includes our relatives, our friends, no matter what direction they come from. So I like to start off with that and, and uh, we can go from there. No, yeah, I really do appreciate it. It's a, it's a good um, like uh, like tone setter because um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like you like in any in any movement that you take throughout the world, you know, you want to have guidance. You want to have that proper respect for um, for for just for just everything. You know, not not just like asking for guidance, but also like you know respecting um, yeah, just the fact that you know that that you know that we're in each other's presence and we have we each have our own backstories. Um, yeah, I mean, I just. Yeah, again, thank you so much for being here. I, I, I'm so excited. Like, I've, yeah, I've been really looking forward to it for a while. Um, so, yeah, so you find yourself in this position of, um, of teaching Tewa. Uh, I guess I'm just interested in sort of how that came to be, how you came to be a part of the language department, and just sort of like how you learned Tewa, like when you were younger or just throughout your life. Um, I grew up learning Tewa as, as a child. Um, growing up with my grandparents, my maternal grandparents who were from Santa Clara, mm -hmm. Uh, my my parents, my father's from Hickoria, and my mother's from Santa Clara. But uh, my grandparents lived in Dulce for about 36 years. My grandfather worked for the agency, the government up there. So my mother and her siblings were all raised up there. So that's basically how my parents met, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, in those days, it, it was hard, you know. Uh, things were a little bit harder, and my mom... Um, lost my dad oh, when I was about a year and a half old. So she became a single parent. You know, my father got killed in an auto accident. Mm -hmm. So I never got the opportunity to meet him. And uh, with me growing up, my mother had a hard time. So she kind of, you know, basically gave me to her mother and her father. Yeah. And um, with them, that's where I learned how to speak Tewa, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, they always spoke it around the house. It was always around. And there was one rule one rue at, at the house and I grew up with all my uncles and my aunts who were a lot older than I was and they all spoke the language little by little as they were getting older they learned more you know but our grandmother and my grandfather will always tell us mm -hmm. Na ibe, 
oa me hima o we opong he jawe meni kanatunde you know so in translation she would tell us when you're inside the home you speak the language and when you step outside the house you speak english you know mm -hmm. so that was that was the rule you know yeah. so it was kind of like uh not really enforced on us it was just that was the rule and, and that's right, what right. we we learned you know so when we went and stepped outside the house to go to functions or to church or whatever you know we spoke english among the other people you know and of course the only ones that really spoke the language outside were my grandparents right and it was basically um uh, to correct us if we were misbehaving, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, my grandma would just, you know, look at us and, you know, and she would tell us, Hangipi, Hangipi, you know, behave, you know. Uh -huh. So we, we, we knew that, you know. And sometimes in those days, you didn't even have to say anything. They just gave you that look, right. you know, and you just, you <laughs> set up scary. immediately, you know. Yeah. So I think that's basically where I picked up the language more so, you know. And, um, we didn't really, um, we didn't grow up really in the Pueblo, but we did go to Santa Clara, like on weekends. Mm -hmm. And we would participate <clears throat> in the feast days or other things that were coming up. You know, we would go down and we would go to my great aunt's house or my uncle's house. And I had cousins down here, you know, and um, I would play with them. We all grew up together, you know. And um, not too long ago, uh, about two years ago, I lost one of, one of the, kids that we grew up with, my cousins that we grew up with, he had passed away. And um, all of us that were together at that time, we were sitting there, we were talking, and then they were asking about my job as a language teacher, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, I asked him, I said, you know, it's funny. All of us, I said, we all understood and we all spoke Tewa. I said, how come we didn't talk like that when we were kids? Right, yeah, yeah. You know, when we were kids, we all spoke English. Uh -huh. And everybody got quiet, and uh, one of them said, you know, you have a point there. You have a point. He says, we all knew Tewa. You know, our parents spoke to us in the language, you know. How come we didn't speak it? You know, maybe if we spoke it, you know, our kids would have picked it up because we would continue to speak it, you know. Right, right. But we never did, mm -hmm. you know. But as, as time went on, you know, uh, we got more involved with the, with the Pueblo. Eventually, my grandparents um, retired, and I came and I um, graduated from high school. And I um, moved in, into their home with them after probably when I was about 25. Mm -hmm. And I kind of took the responsibility of taking care of them, right. you know. And so it was at that point I started taking more interest. And... Um, I learned more about the dances, and I would ask, ask my um, my grandma. You know, I says, I want I want to dance for feasts. You know, and she said, Well, you know, let let's go do it the right way. You know. Yeah. So my grandpa took me to the war chief and you know, explained to him my situation that I wasn't um, a member from Santa Clara, but I would like to participate. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, the war chief told me he says, You know, you're welcome. You're welcome. Come in, come nice. in. You know, as long as you come with your heart. Right. You know, and the right. clean mind, he says, you're welcome to dance, you know. So I went to the process and I started learning the uh, the dance, the songs, the steps, you know. And I, I, I really enjoyed it. You yeah. Know, it, it, it made me feel as a full person. Right, yeah, you know? absolutely. And as I grew, I, I learned more about it. My, my grandfather wasn't um, uh, 
being that he wasn't raised in the Pueblo, he really didn't know a lot of the ways or how things were done. So we didn't learn like a real thorough part of the Tewa, mm -hmm. you know, uh, from him because uh, he himself wasn't there. I think he left when he was like 22 or 23 from Santa Clara. So, you know, him and his, uh, my grandma were out and about, so they never really came back to participate in some of the ceremonies and stuff like that. So they didn't know, you know. But um, I was thankful that I had uh, some of the elder men yeah. that got to know me. And, and they, they told me a little bit about this and a little bit about that, you know, and what my expectations were coming, what was coming up, you know, mm -hmm. and what we do and stuff like that. So I became very involved in it to the point where I started dancing uh, for our feast day. I ended up dancing for buffalo, deer dance, Jandewa, um, uh, which is actually the rain dance, you know. Mm -hmm. And I became part of our, of our clan, which is the winter clan. You yeah. know? And I, I, I really, really liked it, you know. And, and my, my grandma would tell me, you know, she said, I may not say it, she said, you know, but I'm very proud of you, you know. Yeah. Because of all, all of the, um, my cousins, I was the only one that was participating, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And all of my uncles, uh, when they got married, they didn't marry any Pueblo women at all. Right, they yeah. They married yeah. either a Navajo or a Apache or a Hispanic or Anglo, you know. Uh -huh. So all the kids, they, they didn't have no concept of what Pueblo life was, you know. But eventually they, they came home and they started participating a little bit, yeah. just a touch of it, just to get their feet wet like they right. would say. You know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, in one case, uh, one of my cousins from Louisiana, um, she got more interested in it, you mm -hmm. know. So she would come every summer, you know, and she would spend the summer with us. And, and uh, little by little, you know, Grandma would speak to her as well, you right, know. Right. So here we go to the language, you know. So we start talking to her more in the language, you know. And uh, she eventually picked it up yeah. you know, to the point where she could understand, but she didn't quite uh, speak it very well, you know. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and, you know, I, I know this is crude, but at that time we thought it was funny because when she spoke the language, she spoke with a, with a Cajun accent. Right. Yeah, because Louisiana, <laughs> you know, right. Totally. We're in Louisiana, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and, and we would laugh. And, and you know, and she, she was a good sport about it. You know, she laughed about it also, you know. But, um, you know, as time goes on, you know, she got married, she had her kids, and, you know, she comes out every now and then. You know, in fact, I was just talking to her not too long ago, and she's hoping to come out this way again and and uh, bring her um, her grandson. She's a newly grandmother. You know? Oh, awesome! So she yeah. wants to bring her grandson and see if uh, they can name him. You know. Yeah. So that's um, that's that's another another um, um, ceremonial that is very important, I, I think, in our culture. You Absolutely. know, um, I'm married to a Hispanic, and um, I had our our first son, and um, we kind of, you know, followed what I was taught, the way we raised Native children. And one mm -hmm. of the things that, that I had asked was um, that be he given a name, you know. So we went, and um, I went to my aunt uh, Veronica in Tisuki, mm -hmm. and I went before her, and I asked her that day, you know, and I, I took cornmeal to her, and I talked to her in the language, and, and then I asked the request of, you know, if she would be my son's godmother, you know. 
And after a while, she waited, you know, and she took the cornmeal. And, and then after a while, she answered, you know. Mm-hmm. And she said, in time. She said, in time. Yes, I, I will be honored. She said, but in time. You know, let me, let me make the preparations, you know. So this okay. was in probably in May or June when I had asked. No, probably end of April because the snow was still on top of the mountain. Right. And um, and I had asked her, you know. So she said, "I'll let you know when the time is right." You know. So we waited. We waited, and in uh, some pueblos it's done sooner. You know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. since this was kind of new to us, you know, we were. We were debating, you know, how are we going to go about doing this, you know. And uh, finally, I think it was uh, in September, and she told me, she said, in, in another moon, she said, yeah. I'll be getting a hold of you. So this is what I need, you know. So she was telling me all the stuff that we needed to get and what you prepare, you know. So I said, okay, you know. And then I was... Um, we were sitting there, and my wife was uh, kind of hesitant, you know. And she said, so who's going to help you, you know? Uh, is your mom going to help or your aunt, you know? And I said, well, I don't know, you know. <clears throat> because, like I said, my wife was a Hispanic, you know. Right. So here I am, you know, I called my, my Aunt Veronica, you know. I said, I said, oh, I said, I have a question. I said, you know, when you're going to name our son, I said, uh, they want to know, I said, who's going to help you? I said, you know, is my mom going to help you or my aunt, you know? Mm-hmm. And she goes, well, who is the mother to your son? I said, well, my wife, you know. Well, she's the one that's going to, you know, do the ceremonial with me. Uh-huh. And, I, and I told her, but, uh, I said, I said, she's a Spanish, you know. And she said, I don't care if she's a Martian or if she's whatever. She said, <laughs> right. she's the mother to your child. Mm-hmm. She is the one that needs to go with me, you know. I said, okay, so what do I need? She goes, well, you have to get her dressed in Indian. Get her some moccasins, yeah. get her Indian dress, you know. I said, okay, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I, I got off the phone, you know, and I'm like, okay, you know. I said, Han, you know, I called her and she goes, so what did your aunt say, you know, who, who's going to help? And my, my mom was living with us at that time, you know. And my mom was like, you know, uh, just kind of like hesitating also, you know. Yeah. And uh, finally, uh, I said, well, I says, I talked to Aunt Ronnie. That's what we call her. So I talked to Aunt Ronnie, and she told me, she said, um, you're the mother. You have to. But I can't, I can't, you know. <laughs> I said, she said, you are the mother. I said, you are the mother. And, and, the, and then my mom was in the way. She was kind of like relief, you know. Right. She's kind of, she was kind of, she kind of wanted to do it, but at the same time, she didn't want to, you know. Yeah. She was, oh, okay, good, good, good. That, that's your, you know. I said, no. I said, she said, you are the mother, you know. And what we need to do between now and the next moon, I said, is we need to find you some moccasins. We need to get you an Indian dress. We need to get you a belt, you know. Mm-hmm. And all this stuff, and she's like, she was in panic. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, you know, here we are, you know, we're asking my cousins and stuff for a dress, you know, and everything. So we, we finally got her outfitted and all, you know. And in the meantime, uh, one of my other aunts was fixing uh, my son a ribbon shirt and pants, and my cousin from up north made him some beaded moccasins, and we're getting things ready, you know. And then about a few days, my aunt called, well, her daughter called, and she said, um, Mom said to tell you that, you know, 
to make a, a small feast just with traditional foods, mm -hmm. you know. Um, yeah. And she said, make sure that you have sakewe and auge, you know, which is the atole and then the blue cornmush, you know. Mm -hmm. Make sure you have that, you know. I said, oh, okay, you know. So she all she told me was, she said, I'll be there before sunrise, you know. Yeah. And I said, okay. I said, so two days she called me that night before, and she said, I will be there tomorrow. She said, I, I hope I remember where you live and if I can find it, you know, because it'll still be dark, you know. Mm, so right. this was right. this was in October already, you know. Mm. And um, and sure enough, you know, she showed up and I gave her all the stuff that she needed, you know. And she sat in there, we talked, and she held the baby. You know, my son was uh, probably nine months old then. You know, okay. he was, and, and my son was a big baby to start off with. You know, yeah. he, was, he was like almost 10 pounds when he was born, you know. And my little aunt, she, she's... Tiny and she's yeah, fragile. You know, <laughs> right. She held him, you know, and uh, and then they talked, and then she took my wife to the other room, and, and they talked among themselves, you know. And then she looked outside, and it was getting not quite sunrise yet, but mm -hmm. right before you know, like right. dawn, you know, it was coming. So okay, she said, "It's time," you know. So they got their shawls on, they got their blankets, and my great aunt took my wife outside and and they did whatever they do you right. know uh, they did the ceremony outside and, <clears throat> and then they came back in and, and then my um, aunt talked and you know she prayed and she prayed and then after a while she uh, blessed the baby you know and then she gave the baby his name you know uh -huh. and then she said okay she said now she said everybody you know come in you know touch the baby and, and wish the baby good thoughts, mm -hmm. you know, good thoughts. And, and um, she told us, whatever you do, she said, uh, with your hands, she said, wave them on the baby, you know. And on the fourth time, you know, wave it to the West, you know. So all negative energy that, that is bestowed upon the baby, you know, right. anything that is bad, you know, can be taken with mm -hmm. the West and it can go away, you know. Mm -hmm. And then after a while, she... She came back and um, she took the the baby to the kitchen, you know. Mm -hmm. And she went. She got her little pinky finger and she touched the atole and the blue corn, and then she dabbed it on her finger and she put it on his tongue, you know. And God did that with all the foods that we had. Just oh, dabbed the nice. taste on it, you know. Yeah. And then she said, "This is to um, to ensure that he enjoys our traditional food, you know." Yeah, <laughs> right. And, <laughs> and then after that, she said, "Okay," she said. It's done," she said. "Now, now we can we can eat, you know." Mm -hmm. And um, and my wife was getting ready to uh, set the table, you know. Right. And uh, thank goodness, I mean, uh, my cousin, my aunt's daughter, came with her, you know. And she said, "No, no, he you know, put the food on the floor, you know." Uh -huh. So you know, we set the table on the floor. We moved the carpet and the rug that we had, and and we sat on the floor, you know, and and we ate, you know, we ate and we. Sat down there, and we had the baby in the little cedar, you know, while we sat there. We ate, you know, uh -huh. and um, it was uh, it was nice. It was nice. Yeah. You know, it, it was a nice little ceremony, and what was even nicer, that was my wife got to be a part of it. Absolutely, absolutely. Know? And um, and she, uh, she she enjoyed that part, you know. And my my stepdaughter at the time, she said, well, well, Mom, what did you do? She said, I can't tell you. She said, that's something between... Uh, your brother's godmother and myself, you know, that's, mm -hmm. it, it, it's a, it's a, 
it's a woman thing. She said that yeah. we keep to ourselves, you know. Yeah. And uh, we we had a we had a joyous day, you know. My son ended up with um, with three names, you know. Oh, nice. His primary name is Kwatebe, uh -huh. which is rainbow. His second uh -huh. one is uh, Hoping, which is snow capped mountain. Yeah. And then uh, his third name is Hung Ta, which is the mark of the corn, you know. Oh wow! So he got three names that day, you know. Uh -huh. And um, and my uh, aunt was telling me she said that day when you asked me she said I had a I had a tough decision you know she said because when you were standing in front of me she said I was looking behind you she said and then I I could see the the um, the peaks of the mountain she said yeah that's and, and they were yeah. still covered with snow she totally. said and and then that was that was my my first choice she said uh -huh. but I chose this other one he said you know so that's how he got his name you know yeah yeah and uh it, it it meant it meant a lot you know it meant a lot you know and and she's she's still alive she's still alive to this day oh, and, awesome. and my my son you know um before the pandemic would you know go see her and take her little stuff you know uh -huh. and do stuff for her because she was like you know uh, where you know where, yeah, where, yeah. Where, where's my rainbow you know <laughs> and uh he will go over there and you know and help her along you know mm -hmm. so that that was the beginning of opening the eyes of my my wife yeah, yeah. She, she, um, she saw a whole different view of what her life was going to be. It wasn't going to be like her sister and her right. husband's life, mm -hmm. or her other sister or her brothers. You know, it, it, this was a whole different adventure beginning for her. You know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember she mentioned, she said, um, before your grandma had passed away. She said, my grandma had passed away about a year after we got married. And uh, my grandma had pulled her aside and uh, told her, she said, one thing I would tell you, Sandra, she says, that um, as time goes on, she said, you know, Chris is going to, if he decides to continue participating in, in our ways, you know, <clears throat> he said, there's one thing I have to tell you, she said, trust, 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 mm -hmm. she said, because there's going to be time that the men will call him and he needs to go. Right. And he right. can't tell you why, and he can't tell you where he's going. He says, the men have business to do, she said. And when they have business, that's their business. Mm -hmm. We women have our business also, she exactly, said. Exactly, exactly. And, and, um, and the time will come when, you know, he'll, they'll call him, and he needs to go, you know. Mm -hmm. And he'll, he'll come back. He'll come back, you know. And, um, but, you know, he won't tell you why or where he went or anything like that. That's... That's all confidential, you know. Mm -hmm. Just, just trust, you know. And she said, if you can do that, she said, you have a good marriage, you know. Yeah. So, so it, it, it was, it, it was, you know, it was a big opening for her. And I think the last time I had danced deer dance, um, my, uh, my wife uh, kind of got initiated, you know. Yeah. Because when we danced deer, we stay at the kiva overnight, yeah. you know. So the next morning, they, they woke my wife up early. You know, so <laughs> Get up. You know, Got to fix breakfast. You know, right. Fix breakfast, you know. So they got her up, and, um, and they made breakfast. And then they put on the Indian dress on her and everything, you know. And they took her down to the kiva so she could go as far as to the outside door, you know. Oh, okay. But she got to take the food. She had to take yeah. the food down, you right, know. Right. So that, that was, that was um, kind of like initiation for her, you know. Mm -hmm. So she... Mm -hmm. Over the years, you know, she's uh, adapt. She's, yeah, she's learned about absolutely. our ways. We've been married 20, 25 years now. 
Wow, congr yeah, congratulations. Yeah, yeah so she, 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 she understands, you know, and, uh, and she says, you know, my, my sister will never be able to comprehend, you know, this life. You know, mm -hmm. This life is, is demanding, you know, and mm -hmm. you're, always, you're always busy. You're right. always busy with, not with your own family, but with someone else's family, mm -hmm. especially when there's a death in the family yeah, or a celebration in the family, especially if they come to your house and they, they ask her, you know, Kog, you know, can you make us this stew or can you make us some pies, can you make us some cookies, you know, mm -hmm. and you never refuse. You yeah. never no, refuse, yeah. you know, you, never, yeah. you, you accept it, you mm -hmm. know. So that was the beginning, you know, and her brother came one time to, um, we had a, a confirmation luncheon for my daughter and uh, we made that regular feast food. And her brother came and um, says, sit down and eat, you know. And, and my wife told him, no, you know. No, no, says, sit down, you know, eat, you know. I said, no, you guys sit down. Right. You guys sit down first, you know. And he says, well, why can't you come and sit with us, she said. In this house, she said, I don't eat until everybody else eats. Yeah. She said, I'm the mom, you know, I'm, I'm the host here. She mm -hmm, said, mm -hmm. said, well, how come Chris is sitting? Because he's, he's one of the men. He said, the men can eat, he said. But me and, you know, my daughters, we can't eat until you guys eat. Right, right. And if there's no one coming, then we can sit down and eat, she said. But that's yeah, the way. And he felt very uncomfortable about this. Right, know? right. But uh, she later explained to him, this is the way it is here, you know. And she said, God, it's so primitive. He said, it's not primitive, it's just, it's just manners, it's just respect. Yeah, absolutely, know? absolutely. Yeah, you know? yeah I, I, would, I would totally agree that. I mean, there was so much, like in that, in that story, that was so beautiful and that I, I really um, just resonated with. Um, but, but yeah, just, just real quick on, on, um, on that, like it's, yeah, I mean, I would agree. It's not like necessarily mm -hmm. primitive. I mean, you can, you can call it whatever you want to call it, but it really, it really comes down to manners. It really mm -hmm. comes down to like, you know, fulfilling those kind of roles that, that you're just assigned at, mm -hmm. at birth, whether you're a man or a woman. Um, and I really liked what you were saying about sort of, um, you know, how, how what your wife was told to, to trust. You know, we have these, these obligations that, that are obligations. You know, we can't, there's no sort of wiggle room around them. And we have mm -hmm. to respect those, mm -hmm. those obligations. But it goes both ways, yeah. you know. Um, the women have their own roles too, like you were saying. Like when you ask, like, like you know, like Anna, like what, what were you guys doing? <laughs> and she's just like, I can't tell you. It's just you, yeah. you have to trust. You know, yeah. the same. It goes both ways. You have to trust as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just going from there, you know, we live in this world where we respect and we respect nature. Yes. And yes. one of the seasons that we highly respect is is during the winter season. Mm -hmm. There's a time in December, which is in the Anglo world, we call it. The winter solstice yeah, yeah. but in our culture we call it than tha. and than is the sun yeah. and tha is the day so it's kind of like the day of the sun so i guess in oh, okay. in reality what what it's about is that the sun is coming back yeah and, and it's yeah. returning you know mm -hmm. so that's the time that uh, is very important to us you know and i was taught this by my grandparents again you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um because my, my grandparents and my uncles, we were, we were hunters. we go deer hunting, you know. Yeah. And we would always go and, um, as, a, as a group, you know. And um, as we get older, you know, my grandpa had told me one time, he says, he says uh, there's, you know, I'm not going to be here, you know, forever, he says. But there's things that you need to know. And one of them is what we call thanta, he says. Mm -hmm. 
And it's a time that you don't go hunting, he says. He says, it's a time to let the animals rest. Yeah. He says, let Mother Nature rest. You know, because we trample on her, we walk on her, she said, everything, we're always using her. We cultivate the ground. Always to, staying busy. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're always using her. So there's a, there's a time that she needs to rest, you know. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the time, he said. But you don't go hunting, he says. And one of the logical reasons is that the meat is not good. Mm -hmm. He says the meat is, uh, it's what they call, I guess, the rutting season for the deers. You know, mm -hmm. he says, so it's not a good time to go hunting and, and do that, he said. So we would, you know, sit there and, and uh, towards the end of uh, my grandfather's last years, we started going camping when mm -hmm. we went hunting, you know. And uh, it, 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 it was something that we never really did. We would get up early in the morning, we go out, we hunt, and then we come back to the house and we would do that on a daily basis but this time we did we decided that we were going to camp you know yeah so we we never really camped before you know we really never really really camped i was already living in uh in uh, santa clara at that time so my grandpa and i you know I, we got our truck and he said well what should we get so we went grocery shopping you know and uh, we went in one truck my two other uncles went in their own vehicles so we got to the campground we pitched up the tents and everything and uh, it was so funny because you i thought we were going to be out there for a whole month we had so much groceries right <laughs> you know because we, we never really camped before you know mm -hmm. but besides that i think the best part of that was after the first day of hunting we would get back and my grandpa would cook and after we cook we just sit there you know and we look at the stars and my grandpa would tell us stories yeah you know and this one story relates to Tantha, you know. And he would tell us, he said, this is what happens, he said. This is what happens when, when, uh, when you go hunting, he said. Things happen, he says. Long time ago, he said, there was a young man in the Pueblo, he said. He was considered a great, great hunter. Mm -hmm. you know, he always went out, you know, and he went hunting and he came back with a game, you know. Mm -hmm. And he was a good hunter because from there, he cut it up and he gave it to right. who, who it was needed to, you know. So he had this reputation that he was a, he was a good hunter, and, and he was, you know. He said the only thing was that he just didn't uh, do a lot of thinking. He yeah. said, <laughs> he, you know, being that he was a hunter, you know, he thought that ruse didn't apply to him. Right. And one day he told his um, people he was going hunting. And people told him, no, you don't go hunting today, he says. And he says, uh, I'm, I'm going hunting. He says, mm -hmm. no, today's natha, tantha, no, no. Mm -hmm. Today's tantha, you can't, you, you can't do that, you know. Oh, no, 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 he says, I'll, I'll be fine. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be all right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he went up, he went to the canyon, you know. And he said, he went hunting. He said, he saw this huge buck just out there, beautiful. He said, beautiful. <clears throat> he went in there, and he followed it, and he followed, and he got his rifle, and boom! You know, and he saw the deer go down and behind, and he chased after it, you know, mm -hmm. trying to trail it. Well, it went down one ridge, and it came up on the other end, and he went down, and he started coming up. And when he came up behind this tree, you know, this man came out. Wow. And this man came out and <clears throat> asked him, he says, Hey, man, do I, what are you looking for? He says, he says, we passing, hand Johanna Mu. He says, I'm looking for a deer. 
big ones. You know, got, got away, he goes. And that man told me, he says, Naomo. It's I that you're looking for. Yeah. And he says, No, no, no. I says, Well, we sing, Omo. You know, you're a man. He said, uh -huh. I'm looking for a deer. He says, No, it's, it's me. It's me that you're looking for. He says, uh -huh. And he says, No, no. He says, He says, You were told not to hunt. He said, <laughs> This is not the time for you to hunt. He said, It's me that you're looking for. He said, mm -hmm. He says, you want to hunt and you want to take me down? Let's fight like a man, he said. Oh. He, oh. Said, he said, put your rifle down, he said. Yeah. He said, put your rifle down, he said, let's fight, he said. So <clears throat> the hunter went and put his rifle down on the rock, you know. Uh -huh. And just when he got up, that man came running at him. And as he ran, he said, he turned back into the deer that, that he was chasing, he said. And he said... The man didn't know he had his pistol. He's on the side. He mm -hmm. said, and he got the pistol and he went, he went pow, pow, shot him. You know, the deer went down. You know, right. And he looked at the deer and and the deer just you know, tears were coming out from his eyes. You know, and all all he could hear him was saying, he says, "Go home, go home." Go home you know? Yeah. And he says, the guy <clears throat> the guy was so stunned that he couldn't believe that what he saw was. He saw a man, and right. that man turned into the deer, he said. So the deer laid there, he said, now the respect, he said, he ended up putting rocks on the deer and just piled it on top of the deer, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, and he went back home, he said. And they asked him, well, you know, what happened? You know, what happened to your deer? He said, he never mentioned it. Yeah. He never talked about it. He never told what happened, he said. Uh -huh. He said it wasn't until he was an old man, he said. He finally told the story to the people. Wow. He told yeah. me, he said, tell your kids to listen, he said. Because the leader of the, the elk or the deer, the deer people is out there. He said, he yeah. watches them, he said. So you, you need to listen. You need to listen. Don't go hunting. It's not good, you know. Mm -hmm. He says, I almost got killed out there, he said. Right, right. You know? And he told me what that happened, you know. And he said, this story has been told, you know, over and over, he said. So that was the best part about hunting was listening to these stories, you <laughs> yeah, know. Right. So the next day when you're out there hunting, you're like real cautious. You're looking right. around, you know. But, you know, that that's, you know, he would tell us that's why you need to let the earth rest, you know. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I went to an Indian school at St. Catharines, and I had many good friends from Taos. And they told me about their season also. They have what they call quiet season. Right. And it's a season where there's no music, no radio, no trucks, you know. The, the main pueblo is just quiet, mm -hmm. you know. And um, I went out one time um, and uh, to go see my friend, and they live on the north side and the outside. But uh, we went, we went there and uh, visit with them. And uh, he said, "Come on, let's go to the pueblo," you know. So we walked down to the main village, and it was it's quiet, just the stream of the yeah, river, the main stream. Totally. You can hear that going. And it, it was really nice, you know. And he says, yeah, he says, us too, we, we let Mother Earth rest. Yeah. We let her rest and let her heal. You yeah. know, she needs to heal with all the moisture going into the ground, you know. Let her heal, and so that way when spring comes, she'll, you know, grow again and start giving out shoots of blossoms and flowers and mm -hmm. plants mm -hmm. and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. So, you know, these are things that happen throughout the year, you know, that we observe, you know. And um, I know you had mentioned Tantha, you know, and I wanted to put that in. Yeah, absolutely. That was that was a, yeah. That, what a yeah. What a story. That's that's wow. That's awesome. 
Um, and yeah, because like, um, I really appreciated when you had brought up uh, Thon, Thonta um, a couple weeks ago, whenever I was, it was for one of our um, yeah meetings or something. Um, yeah, you had, you, had, you had brought up this idea of that, you know, from like, from, from like December 12th till sometimes like the end of the year or even mm -hmm. a little bit further. Yeah. Um, yeah, you don't, you know, you don't do any yard work, you don't do any cultivating, you just let the land just rest. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, like that just, it just makes sense to me, you know, it just makes sense on a really, on a really like deep level, you know, like you hear, you hear so much conversation about um, balance and so much ceremony around balance. And it just, it, you know, it just makes sense that, you know, if you're out all year working and just like, yeah, just staying busy, just working your body, like, you know, helping other families, helping your own family, that, you know, you would have this time of the year where Mother Earth can rest and where you yourself can rest also, mm -hmm. you know, you can like, you know, so you can like uh, rejuvenate yourself for the rest of the year or for the upcoming year, I should say. Um, and, and I don't know, there's just a lot of, it, it just a lot, a lot kind of hit me all at once, you know, it was that and it was also, um, that you know i feel like kind of in western or like anglo kind of um culture winter is viewed as this like this like like symbol of death or mm -hmm. a symbol of like negativity or it's like you know very cold the, mm -hmm. the trees look very like you know they don't have any leaves they look dead almost um and uh and like I'm, a while back I, I learned that um that snow what snow actually does it is it insulates the ground that that the ground is not dead un underneath the snow mm -hmm. it's it, it literally insulates it and and um, it keeps it alive and and like you said the moisture slowly feeds it for like the rest of the season mm -hmm. for spring um, and I don't know that just like yeah it just hit me it hit me so hard because I was just like I was like yeah like winter I mean I'm winter clan like I'm not like winter isn't this like mm -hmm. it's not this like like bad thing you know it's it's, it's actually a time to rest a time to sort of even be, be self-reflective but a time to like so yeah, to rest because I mean, Mother Earth produces so much in just a year. Mm -hmm. For not just us, but like the whole world. The you know world. what I mean? And and yeah, it just it just makes sense that she would need a time to rest. And um, what I really liked about, I mean, you you said you've already said so many like really like great interesting things. Um, so much about like ceremony, and um, and yeah, like I don't know, like I I just really appreciated that day when you brought up Thanta because. You know, you don't really hear a lot of um, sort of ceremonies that are like, that are native specific. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I feel, I feel like you know us kind of being the aftermath generation of like colonization. Um, that you know sometimes our our traditions are sort of like 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 a blend mm -hmm. of, of both Hispanic and also native tradition, and um, and you know actually too you you brought up something. For our conversation before our, our podcast about how you know we've become sort of like um, the keepers of, of of also the Hispanic tradition, mm -hmm. um, you brought up how your friend, how you know a family member had passed away, and you know like how we do the whole like three days in the house, to, mm -hmm. um, and then we bury them. That they do something also similar in Hispanic culture, and your and your friend who was Hispanic. Um, kind of like was taking it back because she she was like oh this is that's what we used to do like mm -hmm. um, yeah that was that was uh, yeah and I and I guess just real quick on that um, you know I I've I've noticed with a lot of like like the younger generation or um, even just slightly older 
that you know there's 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 a lot of conversation around like colonization and decolonizing yourself you know like like decolonizing your diet um decolonizing your your entertainment your consumption of like watching watching all this tv and stuff like that but um i guess just the point that i want to make real quick is is that you know we didn't really get to choose at birth i want to be native or i want to be this or that but i think we have a responsibility to still honor those hispanic traditions even though they might not be even though they might not have come from a native place mm -hmm. they are a part of us just as much as any other like as any other blood or as any other like backstory mm -hmm. um and like i don't know that's something that i've really found in my own personal life of like you know still wanting to honor my hispanic side um just like like an example um i remember i remember you know when i was in my teenage years uh that I kind of realized that um, you know dancing, uh, which ha which is kind of like our most prominent characteristic of, of the pueblos that we like that we have our feast days, and that you know like that it's open to the general public to watch. Um, it's really like defining. It's like it's really defining. But uh, you know we're, we're we're celebrating a patron saint, um, and uh, so like Powaka, for example, is the Lady of Guadalupe. And I remember, like, when I was young, I was going through this whole thing where I was just like, like, you know, like, what exactly, like, are we doing? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Not, not to like, I'm not really, I'm really not trying to um, talk negatively, but I, but I was just, I was just questioning, you know, I was just questioning sort of like the origins of like, of our, of our ceremonies, and, um, and I don't know, like, as I, as I get older, as I, as I've moved away from the pueblo to go to school, and I've moved back, I'm. I'm just so thankful that that we even have like ceremonies and cultures like this, you know, whether mm -hmm. whether it's like purely native or or, or blended, it doesn't it, it doesn't even matter. Like so many people in the world are 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 born without ceremonies in their lives, are born without um, like like really deep intention. And I, and kind of going back to how how this episode started, I really liked what you said about about your parents. Um, I mean, I'm, excuse me, your grandparents and how the little saying that, you know, we, we speak our language in the house only when you're outside do you like speak um, like English or the Anglo language. Because uh, it's really, you know, it was, it was sort of embedded in your, in just the house. You know what I mean? Like you, it wasn't like you were going to like a class, learning Tewa. Yeah. It, was, it was your experience. It was, it was the house, you know. Um, that's just so, I don't know, that's just so um, like valuable, like, it's just beautiful, um, but uh, but yeah. Sorry, I'm kind of jumping around a little bit. That's fine. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's just just in my own personal life. That's kind of what I've struggled with. Is just like you know wanting to acknowledge all all sides of me. You know what I mean? Um, and I think I think what, what's what's really interesting about you is um, you know you talked a little bit about the last time we talked about you know you're you're from Santa Clara. You have this backstory, but you're also Apache, and you have another backstory. Yeah. And how you know sometimes those two identities, those two worlds, can kind of conflict Gosh. with each other. You know what I mean? Can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Um, like I was somewhere along the same line. I used to struggle mm -hmm. growing up because uh, don't get me wrong, I did learn a lot of my dad's side of the culture mm -hmm. of, of the, the Hickorias. In fact, I got to. Um, be uh, asked to be a brave for one of the upcoming feast days that they have up there, which is a big honor. 
Um, and it's usually when the girls have their um, coming of age feasts. And uh, the family always select a male to be her escort, to be her guide and to watch her mm -hmm. during those four days whenever, um, whenever she's out and about, you know. So at that time, you know, I, I think that was the beginning to open my eyes into the Apache culture because I didn't know a whole lot. Um, I didn't know too much Apache. I knew, I knew a few words, right. you know, but um, not enough to understand. So when this family came to ask me to be their daughter's uh, brave, it was kind of like, okay, you know, what do I do, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, my dad's family, you know, they were all excited. You know, they yeah. knew what it was about, you know. Oh, Christopher's going to be a brave, you know. And, and they were all happy for me, you know. And I think me and my, my mom and my grandma and my grandpa were kind of like, well, what do we do? You know, right, we, yeah. we have no idea you know, what to do, you know. But um, my uh, dad's side of the people, they, they told me, he says, don't worry about it. We'll take care of everything. You know, we'll get things ready for you. We'll tell you what you need to do. We'll call you when we need your help, you know. Mm -hmm. So I said, mm, okay, okay, you know. So it was scheduled for this, this four, actually five days on the reservation, you know. And they set up a camp, and they set up the, the, the canvas tents, and not the Coleman tents. We had the yeah. white canvas tents that were out there, you know. And we got up there early in the morning, you know. And we were driving out to, to the area. It's not held in town. It's held out on the reservation, you know. Mm -hmm. And as we got closer to the area, my heart was just pounding. I, I felt like my heart was going to jump out. You know, was, yeah. I had, you know... There was fear. I had no idea what was going to happen or what was what they were going to do, you know. And we got there. Sun was coming up, and the um, medicine man came and they put up the teepee. You know, so I got to see that part. They put up the teepee, got it set up, and everything, and got everything situated inside, you know. And then from there, we they took us in there, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, as you enter the teepee, the men sat on the right side, the women sat on the left side, you know. And the medicine man sat there, he sang and sang and sang, you know, and it lasted for quite a while, you know. <clears throat> and then after a while, on the side of us were our outfits that they were going to put on us, you know. Mm -hmm. So after a while, he starts singing, you know. And as he sang, a part of me, clothing came off, and another part got put on. Mm -hmm. So I start comprehending, okay, there's a song for each item that we oh. take off and we put on, you know. Okay, yeah. And that's when my fear went away because something else entered, you know. It's like, wow, this is neat. There's a song for, for the shoes, for the leggings, yeah. you know, for the breech cloth, for the everything, you know. And, and it, it took about an hour to get dressed, you know, and the song was for the girl and for the boy, you know. Mm -hmm. And finally we were done with that. And then we sat there and he says, okay, now, now it was next, the face painting, you know. Oh, yeah. And there was a song for that, too, you know. Oh, wow. So from there, it, it really opened my eyes about the culture, you know. Mm -hmm. And the first day went through, you know, and, and we were there for four days and for four nights. Uh -huh. And your diet was strict to what you had to eat. Yeah. And uh, there were do's and don'ts. You know, one of them that I clearly remember was um, the medicine man gave me a stick. Mm -hmm. And on the end of the stick was a, a horse's hoof. Oh, okay. That he carved out, you know. Yeah. And the other one was um, 
point it, you know. And he would tell me, he says, don't scratch yourself with your nails, he said. Because wherever you scratch yourself, you're going to have a scar, he said. So uh -huh. you itch, use a stick, you know. Uh -huh. This is so, that was one of the things, you know. And it, it, it was a lot of, um, it was a lot of work. And it was a lot of yeah. willpower, you know, because you know, the first day, you know, you did, you did stuff, you know, for the people, he said. And then the first night, uh, you went to the teepee and they sang. There were four songs and there were four dance songs. And then four songs and four dance songs. Mm -hmm. And this went on from 10 o'clock to about midnight. Oh, wow. And then it was over. Yeah. And then the second night, same thing. I uh, went from nighttime to about 2 o'clock in the morning. And then it was over. Uh -huh. And the third night was from nighttime to about 4 o'clock in the morning. Wow. And then it was over. Yeah. <clears throat> and then the last night was all night till sunrise the next day, you know. So in the mean in the meantime, your family is out there and they they're feeding people mm -hmm. nonstop, you know. It and it's not like Pueblo feast day, you know. It's people come, but also people come with their buckets, and they take it to the cook and they fill up their buckets with soup. And some people will take oh, them okay. back to their vehicle and they'll sit there and they'll eat at their uh -huh. vehicle. But we have picnic tables also where they can eat, you know. And there's a little camp over there where all the women are, you know, they have big old cajetes and they're making fry bread dough, you know. Yeah. And as they make it, they're up there clapping, they're making fry bread. And, and once in a while, those, those grandmas, you know, they, they find a young man that, that, they, that they see around and, come here, uh -huh. come here, you know. <laughs> and they did, you know, old grandmas like to flirt with young boys, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. I said, get that stick, you know, and you uh -huh. get the stick, you know. And said, turn the fry bread, you know, and they kind of like, you end up being there because right. you had to turn the fry bread, you had to put the wood in for them, you know. Uh -huh. So there's nothing but fry bread being made over there, you know. And you have a tent with nothing but food in there. You mm -hmm. have 50 pound bags of potatoes, you know, yeah. cabbage, you have boxes of meat, you know, you have one area where all the men wow. are cutting meat, you know, you go there, you cut. And when you go to these feasts, you know, you learn that it's not, you just don't go and eat, mm -hmm. you know. You, you go and you help. Yeah, you, you become a yeah. part of it. Yeah, you become a part of it. Either you bring the necessities like flour, meat, potatoes, um, uh, anything like that. You can bring that to contribute. Or, you know, when you're done eating, you go to the back and you peel potatoes, you cut meat, you wash dishes, you know, you, you become a part of it. Mm -hmm. you know and and those are your expectations you know yeah. and the one thing that I, I learned there you know also is that you know when we sat at the table to eat you know you you feed the you feed the earth you know so you pour a little bit of coffee a little bit of kool-aid a little bit of soup on the ground mm -hmm. to feed the earth before you feed yourself you know so learning all this about my culture my dad's culture you really opened my eyes you know and like I said, the last night is the hardest night because you can't sleep. Yeah. Right? You're wide awake and, <laughs> and, and, and you have pain on your face, so they tell you don't laugh. Oh, because yeah. if you laugh, you know, wherever you laugh, the cracks are, then you have wrinkles, they tell right. you. So, you know? <laughs> and, um, and of course, you know, the medicine men are in there and there's people that come in and they make jokes and right. they right. laugh. Right. You know? And so they're, they're testing you. Mm -hmm. They're testing you to mm -hmm. see if you'll laugh, you know. And uh, it, it, it's, it, it's a lot of uh, torture, you know, <laughs> yeah. 
but finally the the last day you know the last morning is over and you know when the sun has hit inside the teepee door you know then the song ends doesn't matter what song he sounds right there oh you know? wow okay and then after that he's you know he says his prayers and okay now change your clothes you know uh -huh. So they put your regular clothes back on. Uh -huh. And then the grandmas take you outside and they wash your hair with yaka, you know. And then they wash your face and that, that is the best feeling yeah, to get. Because the boys' paint is like a clay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's on and it, it's put on every morning and oh. every evening. So fresh, you know, coat is put on every day for the next, for the last four days. You so know? you have like layers. Yeah. Like so when it's washed, oh, it's, it's a relief, you know. Uh-huh. And then after that, after they wash you and they clean you up, then, you know, you have breakfast and start breaking camp. Mm -hmm. And as you break camp, the, all the people that have really helped you out, you know, you have a trailer full of gifts that you give out to the people for helping you, you know, mm -hmm. or you give them part of the meat or the groceries, whatever's left, you know. So my grandma was very, my Pueblo grandma was just like stunned. Mm -hmm. You know, she goes, my goodness, she said, you know, we worry about making feasts for one day. Right, <laughs> right. These yeah. people are making feasts for four days, mm -hmm. you know, nonstop. He says, she goes, I couldn't believe how much meat they were cutting, how much potatoes they were peeling, you know. Right. And one time they asked her, you know, <clears throat> um, can you make us some red chili, you know. And she says, yeah, I can make some red chili, you know. She says, okay, we'll bring you the meat, you know. Right. So <laughs> grandma's used to making, you know, just enough chili for the house, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Here they brought her a big old tub full of meat, you know. Here's, right. you can make chili with it. She's like, how do I make chili? <laughs> Making chili for everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so my my grandmother, you know, saw a whole different view of, of the Apache people, you know. Absolutely. And, and of course, you know, my understanding was she wasn't too keen with my dad's family, you know. She wasn't oh, okay. too keen about my mom marrying uh, into that family, mm -hmm. you know. But I think this this event that I participated in really brought them together, brought yeah, the families together, you know, absolutely. because she saw how hard they work, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. and you know we were just the labor, you know. Uh, of course, we contribute whatever monetary we could you know, because it, it's an expensive feast, yeah, you know, to, to yeah. do, you know. So we went through that, and later on, I think about a couple of years later, uh, I was asked to do it again. So this time we knew what we were getting into, mm -hmm. you know, and of course I, I accepted. Well, you really can't say no. Right, right. Anytime people ask you something, you can't say no. So I accepted it, you know, mm -hmm. and um, I think this time my grandma was prepared, you know, she yeah. was, she was prepared. Her, her sisters came up from the Pueblo, you know, and they were amazed, you know, and of course my grandma was, she was being the, the show off lady because she knew what to do and she knew right. how to do this. So she was telling her sisters, you got to do this, you got to do this, you know. And the people were just amazed, you know, of how we have feasts up there, you know. But, um, you know, I adapted to that, and that's when I started learning more, more mm -hmm. about, mm -hmm. about the language. So I can say a few words. I can ask uh, for certain things in the Apache language. I can't fluently understand it, you right, know. Right. But if I, I think if I listen, I can catch on, you know. Right. But in, in that stage, there was really, really no one to teach me, you know, because I didn't grow up a lot with my uncles and my aunts from my dad's side. Mm -hmm. And I grew up with a lot of um, 
a lot of grandmas, mm -hmm. you know, and they would tell me certain stuff, you know, and, and what, what to say or how do you, I said, well, how do you say this, you know, and they would tell me, you know, this is how you say it, like, or we're sitting at the table, you know, and I would say, you know, pass me a salt. Tota, tota, ishu shine eye, you know. Ishu shine eye, ishu shine eye, you know. Oh, ishu shine eye. So, so I, I learned, you know, so I, I, I learned little phrases like that that I can ask for, you know. And um, I'm, I'm sorry I didn't, I didn't learn more, you know. Yeah. But um, my Pueblo site, I think, was more stronger. Mm. And it, it was more stronger and I was pulled more in that direction. So I, yeah. I kind of, went that way and, and my, my uncle, you know, who um, I lost just recently, you know, he was, he was my, uh, he was my rock because I would go to him and he would, I would ask him questions. I said, uncle, I said, it's, it's hard because I'm Pueblo, but things go against each other. You know, there's things that we do here that you don't do. And there's things that you do up here that we don't do. I said, how, how do I do that? It's tearing me apart, you know. Mm -hmm. And he told me, he says, he says, son, he said, don't let that fight inside you. He says, go with the flow. He says, you're a good man. He says, you're a good man that has culture from both sides. He said, mm -hmm. and the easiest way to solve this problem is that when you're here with us, the Apaches, you do what we do. And when you're with your mother's people on this side, you do what you do, he says. Mm -hmm. He says, so that way, he says, our life is like a feather, he says. Yeah. The bone of the feather is we walk, we try to balance it, he says. And by you fighting each side, you're going to wobble on that feather, he says. But he says, um, son, he says, just do it this way, he said, and you'll be able to follow on that feather straight down, he says, mm -hmm. and you'll be able to balance it, he said. And you know what? He said, it helped. Yeah. It really helped me understand both sides, you know. So when I'm up there, I, I do what I'm supposed to do because there's certain things that the Pueblo people know you don't do it that way. Right. You know, and, or else I'll do stuff up there. No, you don't do it that way, you know. So I learned it, and, and he told me, if anybody questions you, you Come see me," he says. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and you know, no one, no one has questioned me about it. You know, and, and I have a lot of cousins also who are, you know, have Hamas, have Hickoria, mm -hmm. or from other pueblos. You know, so they, they, they struggle. You know, and he told them the same thing. You know, so I, I learned to balance that, and it's, it makes life easier. And and I, I tell my my son that, because mm -hmm. my son is half past, half Hispanic and native. You know. And but him, he has Hispanic, he has Apache, and he has Pueblo in him. Yeah, you know, yeah. so he he um, he does well with that, mm -hmm. you know, and he he balances it. So I'm I'm proud of him that he can do that. You know, he he wants to learn more. You mm -hmm. know, and uh, but I tell him, I said, in time, I said, in time when when you're ready to learn that, then we'll get to that point. I said, right. you know, in Tewa life, you don't learn everything right off because. Yeah. It doesn't go that way. If I teach you everything now, then you're going to forget this and this and this and yeah, this. Yeah. You go according to the age and the season and the time. You know? Yeah, everything has a proper sequence, a proper yeah. time. Yeah, Yeah. I'm, I just want to say real quick, um, yeah, I'm sorry to hear about your uncle. Um, 
but he sounded incredibly, I mean, just, just wise, um, because I really believe that, you know, every indigenous person has something like that. It goes back to the aftermath kind of generation. Like, I don't think there's anybody who's like pure, sort of like native, you know, mm-hmm. whatever that mm-hmm. would mean. I don't think there's anybody that who currently exists like that. And if, if there is, fantastic. But I mean, you know, we're, we're mixed. We're, we're, we're a blended culture. We're a blended race. Um, and, and yeah, like, it's so, I, yeah. Like, yeah, just in my own personal life, it's so hard to find that balance to walk, to, you know, to walk mm-hmm. the bone or the feather and not be on any extreme. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I really, I really like what your uncle said about just, you know, when, when you're in this context, when you're in this world, you're Apache world, then, you, then you're Apache mm-hmm. and, you, and you become a part of it. When you're, when you're in your, your Pueblo world, living with your Pueblo people, then you become a part of that and you, mm-hmm. you know, act properly within the Pueblo world. Um, yeah, wow. I really like that. Um, yeah, because I mean, yeah, like, I mean, I, I, I have friends who are from Santa Clara also. And, um, and yeah, they're, they're not just Santa Clara. They're either Santa Clara and their mom was like Anglo or, um, or yeah, it's, it's like multiple, multiple different native tribes that are like in one sort of person. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a real, it's a real shame when, you know, it's, it's, it's unfair, really, mm-hmm. when, when, you know, when, when you identify as native, when you identify as indigenous, but when you get into the details of, of the different people, the different tribes, the different pueblos, we're all diverse. But, you know, it's, it's really unfair when there's sometimes animosity or just, just challenges like that, you know, because they, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that they shouldn't exist. I, I can understand family mm-hmm. history and stuff like that, but... Yeah, I mean, it's just, um, you know, it's a, it's a really big, it's a really big cross to bear to find that balance. And I, and I, and I just want to thank you. Like, thank you so much for just giving a little bit of the Apache culture. Yeah. I've, I've never heard of, um, like, I, I'm not too familiar with the Apache culture. And yeah, just me being Pueblo, that's, that's crazy <laughs> to me to hear that, like, they have a big community where they just have a big potluck. That's, wow. And everybody with their buckets, like, yeah. I could imagine. That's, yeah. wow. It's, it, it's, um. It's funny because it it becomes a joke in a sense because like nowadays you know so well, did you go with your morale bucket you know yeah in, in those days people didn't have Tupperware or stuff like that they always had you know you see people come with their morale big old morale lard buckets you know and uh-huh. they take it to the cook and you know they pour the soup in there for them you know right right and they would uh, take it back you know in fact those coming out feasts have become so diverse with uh, so much intermarriage with other tribes mm-hmm. because the main food tradition at one time was just the meat and potato soup with fry bread and coffee okay that yeah. that was the menu right you know but over the years since so many people have married up there different pueblos now um the menu consists of red chili in there uh, pueblo bread right. they have pueblo cookies totally. you know so they kind of incorporated that as well you know and sometimes they'll ask for um like one time they asked me he says are, are you coming up you know because sometimes uh, i think the last one i went up was two years ago they had one in fact i took sam with me nice. i took sam catnet with me up there we went up there and and one of them asked me he says uh are you by chance coming up i said yeah i says can you make some bread pudding <laughs> i said yeah i'll make some bread pudding you know so i i made a big old 
you know, pan yeah. full of bread pudding, you know. And she said, I make some just for me. And so I made a smaller nice. pan for her, you nice. know. So there again, the menu has really changed, you know, to, mm -hmm. to chili and kind of thrown in some Pueblo menu food, you know. Right, totally. So, so it, it's, you know, it, the world's always changing. So eventually things are going to change as well, you know. Uh -huh. I mean, just look at our feast food, you know. Yep. Uh, people ask, what's traditional food? Of course, red chili, green chili, pozole, chicos, you know, and sopa, you know, bread, pies, and cookies. And mm -hmm. say, oh, yeah, don't forget, potato cell and jello. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That has yeah, become, a, you know, part of our, our tra <laughs> traditional food, you know. Totally, totally. And in certain pueblos, it's a certain type of jello you know, mm -hmm. that everybody makes in that pueblo, mm -hmm. you know, or a certain type of salad, you know. And uh, I know one thing that people know this from other pueblos is that the northern pueblos, mainly Santa Clara, uh, makes garbanzo soup. Yeah. You know, and you go down south, and they don't make garbanzo soup. Yeah. Okay. You know, they come up. My cousins from Isleta, you know, when they have their feast, if we're going down, say, can you make some garbanzo soup? Yeah. You know, because <laughs> you know, they don't make it down there, you know. But when the people from other pueblos come to our house, you know, this is garbanzo soup, you know, some of them never had it before, you mm -hmm, know. So, mm -hmm. I always had garbanzo with my salad. <laughs> yeah, right, right, <laughs> right yeah. But, or with hummus, you know. <laughs> yeah, hummus, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, but, you know, menu, you know, menu have changed. I mean, we are a changing world. Mm -hmm. you know? And, and, and um, like I tell people, I said, yeah, we're changing our menu and stuff like that. But you have to look at our ancestors 100 years ago. You know, I'm pretty sure their ways have changed along with people that married into their their clans as well mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know I mean that's I, that's eventually how we ended up with uh, Spanish traditions yeah exactly you know people have married into the Spanish culture and they brought it with them you know mm -hmm. and I'm not saying traditions are bad I, I think traditions are, are very important yeah. they're very important and whether they're Catholic oriented or whether they're uh, part of our tradition you know mm -hmm. I think they they teach us manners they teach us respect yeah absolutely you know um like now around this time this is a catholic calendar it's called holy week you know my grandma right. used yeah. to tell us yeah. you know this was a time wednesday was the last day you could do hard labor chop wood iron you know stuff like that because from wednesday on you didn't work because mm -hmm. of holy week because of good friday right you know right. and this was also a time that they would go pick uh I don't know if you heard of Tsimaha. Mm -hmm. Tsimaha is a is a uh, um, plant that is grown wild out in the open, and I finally identified what Tsimaha is. Oh, okay. It's wild celery. Oh, okay. Wild it's celery. wild celery, and and it's a little leaf, and you pick it, and it has a a, a, a stinky smell, <laughs> but you pick it, and then you wash it and you dry it, you know, and uh, you let it dry. And it's kind of like parsley, but it's it's just a wild celery, you know. And mm -hmm. uh, people put it in their potato salad instead of having celery in there. Oh, okay. And yeah. it gives it a flavor, you know. Oh, wow. But um, they will go pick it around this time. Uh -huh. This is the time to to pick tsimaha, you know. And um, and on Good Friday, you know, by Friday it was it was um, dry and and the diet for that day was split peas with tsimaha on top and. That's the most bland food, you know, <laughs> but 
you know, the ground, you have to suffer. You have to suffer. Right. You know? right. <laughs> yeah, so we, we, we suffered because of, you know, Christ had suffered on the cross, you know. So mm -hmm. that, that was our penance, you know. Right, right. And, and then, of course, Holy Saturday came and then Easter Sunday came, you know. And uh, one of the things on Easter Sunday was that you didn't only look for Easter eggs, but we were always told that make sure you eat meat on Easter Sunday. Okay. You know? And I said, you know, okay. My wife asked about that, you know, how come, you know? I said, they used to tell us that if we didn't eat meat on Easter Sunday that we would turn into a frog. <laughs> Where that came from, I don't know, but, you know, <laughs> right, right. It's, it's still part of our, in our house, you mm -hmm, know. Mm -hmm. I make sure that, that they, they eat meat, you know, because, right, right. And not that I want to find out, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, I wake up one morning and I, you know, yeah. but, you know. Little things like that, you know, some of them have lost their meaning or why we do it, but like us, we, we still do it. Mm -hmm. We still do that, you know. Um, my, my grandkids, you know, my, my daughter is the one that has the kids, you know. Uh, according to the Apache culture, when it thunders, you know, you, you grab the kids, you know, and you stretch them, you know, mm -hmm. so that they'll grow. Oh. <laughs> Usually when the thunder, you know, so yeah. I would do that with my kids when they were growing up, you know, uh, when Wyatt was little, you know, the thunder, you know, after a while he knew, you know, he ran to me, Grandpa, Daddy, Daddy, it's thundering, you know, right. so I grab him by the wrist and I stretch him, you know, I pull him up, you know, and uh -huh. then of course they laugh, you know, they think right, it's right. funny, you know, and I would do that to my daughter, she was a little bit older, but I would still do that, you know, and, and now, you know, my daughter does that. Yep. with her kids you know when the thunder comes she'd be calling the boys you know and they they stand there waiting and to yeah, be yeah. stretching you know? <laughs> and and her husband well she's hispanic she's a full hispanic but i raised her as when she was like seven years old so she grew up mm -hmm. in the native culture you know mm -hmm. and her husband's hispanic she said well first time what are you doing she says my dad always does this you know so the kids can grow you know yeah, yeah. I says really he says yeah you know so my daughter's now what she'll be 34 Saturday, oh, wow. you know, and, nice. and she she practices a lot of things that I taught her. You mm -hmm. know, in fact, when we were when she was growing up with us, uh, my mom and I would speak Tewa when we were at the house, and she picked it up. Yeah, she can understand, uh -huh. you know, but she can't speak it, you know. And it was funny because my mother and I would be talking, you know, and she says, "Mom, they're talking about you," <laughs> and and the first time she said that, it's like my mom said, you know. Does she understand? You know, I said, I think so, you know. Uh -huh. But yeah, we found out that, you know, she picked it up just by hearing us talk. Right, right. She picked it up where she could understand, you know. Mm -hmm. So she became an interpreter for her mom. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Let her know, yeah, whatever, whatever you're talking about. It. Yeah, so, I mean, so if a Hispanic can learn the language, you know, at least to understand it, mm -hmm. I think anybody can. Yeah, and I think... I think um, it comes from you know having the right intention, having the right heart, and having that respect. Because um, because what you just said reminds me so much of of your wife um, mm -hmm. and um, uh, and her being kind of like not not like reluctant, but like nervous, you know, to, mm -hmm. to partake in, in naming naming your son. Mm -hmm. um, but but you know like I think you know blood of course blood is important, but blood only goes so far. I think it really comes down to your heart, to your intention, and moving moving with that respect and not just like. Because mm -hmm. I mean, it, it was even it was even the same thing for you when you were when you were brave. You know, mm -hmm. you were nervous. Yeah, you were just like, I don't know what to do, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna move forward. 
with the right heart, with, with good intentions, and just learn and mm -hmm. just learn what I can, you know, so that I can, yeah, just keep passing on all of these like yeah. traditions and stories and and yeah. ceremonies. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and that reminds me too a little bit of um, sort of like how how you have chosen to to build your house, to raise your children, and um, and being really intentional about about your ceremonies. Uh, one thing that I'm reminded of is is the is the pumpkin story. Mm. Can you go into that a little? Yeah, bit? yeah. Um, there's a there's an old tradition, and again, I don't know where it comes from. It could be Hispanic, mm -hmm. but in the old days when people were getting married, you always had to go to the to bride's house. Mm -hmm. The the groom and his family will go to the house and ask permission if they could if this marriage could go forward you know so according to the story in my family is that um, my grandfather and his sister and his parents they were coming down the road you know and they were getting ready to ask for my grandma's hand in marriage mm -hmm. well my grandma's mother wasn't too happy about this marriage you know so in the old days, what they would do is they would put a pumpkin on the porch in front of the door, you know. Yeah. And, and that was a symbol. So when you went and you saw the pumpkin on the door, well, you just turned around and you went back home. You, that was the answer telling you no marriage. Mm -hmm. you know, it's not going to happen, you know. So apparently my great-grandmother wasn't very happy with my grandma being married, you know. So she put the pumpkin on the porch. And according to the story, my grandpa and and his sister, she had, he had one sister, and his brothers and his parents, they were coming down. And they, they, they you bring gifts, not only of food, but you bring gifts of whatever is going to be needed mm -hmm. for that family, you know. <clears throat> so they were carrying shovels, they were carrying hoe, they were carrying rope. Um, some had baskets of uh, harvest in their in their baskets of corn, you know, some were carrying melons, mm -hmm. you know, but everybody came with something, you know, I mean, and um, so I guess when they were getting near, my great-grandmother's uh, husband, this was her second husband, I guess he, he was a very um, uh, kind of a greedy man, I guess they, they, they say, you know, and um, he went along with the wife, you know, because, well, she said no. Mm -hmm. But when he went outside and he saw the people coming down with all these yeah. garden tools and stuff, you know, I guess uh, in a way it went dollar signs, dollar signs. You <laughs> right, <know>? right. <laughs> so he got to the house, he went back to the house and he took the pumpkin inside, you know. And so my grandpa never saw it or they never saw it. So they went straight to the house. So my, well, my great grandmother was very upset. Right, right. And she argued, she said, well, you know, there's a pumpkin outside. Didn't you see it, you know? It's not going to happen. I said, no, there's nothing out here, you know. And she came out and she looked and it wasn't there, you know. So she had no choice but to, to go through the, through the process of accepting it, you know. Mm -hmm. So I was telling my, my family that story, you know. And at that time, my daughter was, was getting married, you know. And uh, my wife said, you know, well, should we have them come ask for her, you know, come ask for her? I said, well, I, I think it's only right. I think mm -hmm. it's only right that they should, you know. So we, we planned it out. Mm -hmm. We planned the whole thing out. And, and uh, the in-laws were from Alcalde, you know. So we kind of had to tell them about this tradition, you know, yeah. what, yeah. 
what their obligation was, what they were supposed to do, you know, <clears throat> and what they were supposed to say. You know, I, I told the father that there will be a, a dialogue between the two of us. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll ask one time, or you guys will ask one time. I said for her hand, and I'm going to tell you no. I said you ask a second time, I'm going to tell you no. You ask a third time, I'm still going to tell you no. Yeah. I said, and then the fourth time when you ask, I said, then I'll say yes, and I'll say come in and let's discuss you know, the plans and the issues of this marriage, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, each time he would ask, he would ask maybe the first time we come for your daughter's hand in marriage, you know, <clears throat> and after the first no, then he says, okay, will you accept this food, you know, mm -hmm. and he would just represent the food, you know, and then I was still saying no, yeah. it was okay, well, we bring this food and we bring this harvest, you know, will you please, you know, accept it you know and right. you still tell them no. yeah <laughs> you know and he keeps on bringing more stuff you know and then finally he says okay all of this that that's here mm -hmm. you know everything that we have out here is yours for your daughter's hand you know then then you say yes you know right. so we we kind of went to that dialogue but we didn't go that much in detail because uh they didn't um they didn't have they they brought food right. mainly that we were going to eat that day but we kind of Made the dialogue a little, dialogue a little bit different, you know, where right, it would fit, right, you know. Right. And uh, there came my future son-in-law with yeah. his parents, his sister, his uncles, his aunts, his cousins. And they came, you know. And there was me, my wife, my daughter, and my son, and grandparents, you know, uncles and aunts in the house. You know. mm -hmm. And... Um, they came and they knocked, you know, and they, we went through the dialogue with each other and, and talked with each other, you know, and did the no, yeah. no, no, you know. <laughs> and then finally, you know, okay, we accept, you know, come in, you know, let them put the food on the stove and let's talk about this wedding, you know, mm -hmm. and get it going, you know. And then they came in and then we, uh, you know, we celebrated. Yeah. We, we had a, a good time. We had food, we fed all day. Whoever was there got to eat, you know. Right. Uh, some people, you know, were invited, but they didn't come right at the, that time. They came mm. a, little word, a little bit afterwards. Some came, but they waited until the, the right. transaction was made, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, they thought it was, they said, wow, that, 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 was, that was something, you know. We, you don't see anything like that, you know. Yeah. And they said, well, this is something that used to be done long time ago right, I said, right. and we kind of brought it up we kind of updated it a little bit yeah you know? right, right and um and we we had we had a good time we had mm -hmm. a good time that day so it was kind of like a engagement party as well you know yeah yeah totally you know so it was um it, it was interesting you know and and now you know my son is uh, planning to get married you know so we're talking about that now right. again you know so do we go you know do we have to go to the young girl's house, you know? And so, well, we do it. She's over here at our rancho. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> She's from there, you know. And, and again, you know, my son's girlfriend is uh, Hispanic, so if we decide to go through it, we're going to have to explain to them also right. the dialogue of, of how we did it, you know. Mm -hmm. But I think if, if we do it, you know, we already have how, you know, how we're going to do it, you know. Uh, I have um, a nephew in Taos that he's an excellent song 
and mm -hmm. a singer, you know, mm -hmm. with, a, with the hand drummer, you know. So I, I had asked him already, I said, we decide to go to this. I said, you know, uh, can you sing for us, you know, as we procession to the house, to their house, you know. Mm -hmm. and, um, and like with us, I mean, we're, we're going to do it the, the traditional way where we'll take gifts, I mean, right. baskets of gifts and groceries and blankets, whatever, whatever we can, um, you know, purchase. Mm -hmm. And we'll, we'll do it the traditional way. You know? Yeah. So that was supposed to happen uh, this year, but with pandemic last year, a lot of things got put on hold. So we're we're still hoping, you know, maybe we'll uh, plan this year and maybe next year we'll go through with it. You know. Right. Right. But you know, traditions are, are special. Yeah. You know, absolutely. They, they, they're very special and and they're they're good memory keepers. You know, and, and there's something to laugh about. Yeah. You know. <laughs> My great grandmother, on my mom's side, she was actually from Tisuki, mm -hmm. okay. you know, and um, they didn't have anything like that because my great grandfather went to Tisuki, threw him off, threw her on the horse, kidnapped oh, her, just, oh wow, and took off with her, <laughs> wow. and drove rode back to Santa Clara. Uh -huh. He actually kidnapped my great grandmother. Wow, you know. And Tsuki officials came up to Santa Clara a few days later. And they were looking for her. They went from house to house, uh -huh. searching for her. You know, no, she's not here. Not here. They looked all over. They couldn't find her. Well, Grandpa hid her down in the shed in the cornfields and oh, kept okay. her down there for days. Wow. Until they left, and then he brought her back out. Yeah. But uh, I think we say that. I think she was also part of the plan. Also. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think she. Maybe they didn't want to let her go from the family, so she, you know, come steal me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, she, she ended up, you know, being in Santa Clara, you know. Her name was Domenguita, you know, Domenguita Herrera, you know. Uh -huh. And um, this happened, you know, and my Aunt Veronica, the one that named my son, you know. Yeah. That was her, that would be her aunt, you know. So w one time I was asking her, I said, you know, is it really true? You know, because you hear these stories. Right, like, is, is it really right. true about about Jacquejo? Because we used to call Jacquejo. I said, is it really true about Jacquejo? Ah, she goes, she was the talk of the town. She goes, <laughs> oh, she goes, and to this day, she says, it's still alive. She said, they they still bring that story up. She mm -hmm, says, mm -hmm. you know, do you remember Dominguita got stolen from that man? You know, <laughs> so I said, so it is true. She says, yeah, it, it's a true story. Right, it's a true story. You know, and, and people still talk about it to this day. She said, mm -hmm. they talk about the woman that got stolen from Tsuki and taken to Santa Clara. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I asked my uh, um, my aunt Ruby. You know Ruby, um, Ruby singer. Yeah. She, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Kind of she's Vivian's mom. Vivian Gutierrez and Shauna. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Well, yeah. she's she's my, my aunt. Oh, okay. Okay, so it was um, our grandma She's that got stolen, you know. Oh, so one time I asked my Aunt Ruby, well, we're talking about family. She came over, we're talking about it. And I brought the story up, and my Aunt Ruby said, oh, no, no, no. That, that didn't happen. You know, <laughs> that didn't happen to grandma, you know. Uh -huh. you know she, she didn't want to incorporate that story mm -hmm. in the family history right. you know and finally her uh, her sister alice you know finally told her she says yes it did happen it, it did happen you know grandma did get stolen you know uh -huh. so you know i tell my wife about that i said you know i like that story you know yeah you know and, and it's confirmed you know right, that, it, right. that it actually happened you know 
But I said, that's that's not a tradition, you know. <laughs> right, right. I, that's, that's how it starts, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Still, it, and then uh, supposedly somebody, I guess, uh, also did the same thing afterwards, I guess. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. There's supposedly another lady that got stolen from Tisuki and taken to Santa Clara. <laughs> <laughs> that's you already know. two. That's already two yeah. from, from Tisuki. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> stories make our life, you know, mm -hmm. stories keep us going. Traditions keeps us, they keep us alive. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And um, some of them lost their meaning, but we, we still do them, you know, out of respect. Yeah. You know, and whether they're from the Hispanic culture, whether they're from the Catholic culture, you know, it, it makes us who we are. Yeah, I you know? totally agree. Um, I, I walk daily uh, from my house down to the cornfields just to get out during the pandemic. So I walk there. Mm -hmm. and. That one time I was walking down and <clears throat> a memory entered my mind, you know. I says, just think, I said, we used to walk from the church all the way down to that uh, little church by Black Mesa, I said. And uh, we used to carry the saints, mm -hmm. you know. And every year in May, you know, around May, you know, after church we would take the saints and we would procession them all the way down to the fields. Mm -hmm. You know, and then we would get to that little chapel and we would stop and rest. And somebody usually got there, had water and melon, you know, and then we were done. Then we walk all the way back to the Pueblo, you know. Yeah. And going down, you know, the ladies sang, they sang the songs in Spanish, you know, and they prayed and they prayed, you know. And when you're a kid, you go and you play. You play along the way yeah. and you're playing with your cousins, you know. But as you grow older, you know, you, you become part of it. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And I remember the last time I had, I, I went, I had a little, um, they gave me, while I was walking, and they gave me a little santo, mm -hmm. a little tiny one, you know, mm -hmm. and they made me carry it, you know, I said, okay. So I was carrying it, you know, and my cousin at that time, he was one of the uh, church keepers. Mm -hmm. So he was carrying the crucifix, I mean, it wasn't the stick one, it was a huge wooden one, you know. Yeah. So he was carrying it, he was leaving the procession, so finally he, he called me, he said, no, I can't, you know, get not to help me, you know. So he gave me the cross and I gave him the saint, you know. So I led the rest of the way down and we got to the church, you know. And then we did our break and then we're on our way back, you know. And um, on the way back, you know, I was telling him, I said, you know what? I says, that cross was getting heavier and heavier <laughs> as I got closer. So I was ready to give up. He says, well, why do you think I gave it to you, you know? Yeah. And he goes, you think that was bad? He goes, that little saint that I was carrying, he says, that was getting heavy, you know. Mm -hmm. And you sit there and you think about, he says, you know, may, maybe in reality we were really carrying the saints, you know, because we used to bless the fields. That that was a purpose of uh -huh. taking the saints down, right, was right. we would bless all the fields, the cornfields that people would plant, you know. But uh, that memory just came fresh into my mind when I was walking down there, you know. I said, wow, you know. And the cousin that I was helping, you know, he's gone now, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think about him, I said, wow, I said, you know, just think we, we came as kids and then we ended up being adults who would help carry the saints, you know. Mm -hmm. And nowadays, I don't think they do that anymore. You know, I don't think it's done anymore. You wow, know? yeah. But um, it was something that you kind of look forward to. You yeah. Know? As much as, you know, it was a long walk. It's a long walk down there and back, you know. But, you know, I guess when you're kids, you don't worry about it. You just do it. Yeah, right. And um and yeah, there's there's there's, there's like a weird um 
like a weird uh, duality, I guess, um, or like just mixed feelings to where I really like, I liked how you said about, you know, traditions, they keep us alive. Because, I mean, often, you know, they're, I mean, just, just Apache, for example, they're really draining. They're really, mm -hmm. it's a lot of work, you know. I mean, even just like us, like, or Pueblo, I should say, even just Pueblo, like when you just dance all day for that, for that, for feast day, I remember, you know, like there's, there's been times in my life where I'm just like, oh man, like it's gonna be so hard. I was like, tomorrow you gotta dance all day. It's just, it's gonna be a long day. But then once you're in it, mm -hmm. once you're like actually in the day, it's, it flies by. Cause yeah. you're, cause it's just like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I like what you said. It, it really does give you kind of like a, like a, like a rejuvenating mm -hmm. kind of feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, well, that's, that's what you're doing. You're asking for, for life. You're asking for blessings, you know, and, Absolutely. and as much as, you know, towards the end of the day, you're, you're tired, you know, yeah. somewhere, somehow you always seem to get that last energy totally. you know? and you just go, you just go. And, and, and after it's done, it's like, it's like everything's just drained out of you. And yeah. it's a good drain because you feel good. Mm -hmm. you, know, you feel mm -hmm. like, oh, another year has passed. I made it. Yeah. And I feel good, you know, and it's, it, you know, I, I, I miss dancing. I miss dancing. You know, as I get I get older, you know, um, you can only go so far. You know? Right, right. So I always tell people, I say, as long as you're young, dance, yeah, dance. You know, dancing. I I love to dance. You know, uh -huh. I I love to dance. Not only native dances, but um, I used to be a dancer in a program called Up with People. Oh, okay. And uh, it's an international group. As a teenager, I got to travel all over the world. Wow. with 60 other people and I was a awesome. uh, frontline dancer for the for the show we had a show a two-hour show of music and dance uh -huh. and um, it would involve a lot of jazz ballet contemporary oh, modern yeah you know, so I picked that up uh -huh. and um, you know so I'm always dancing you know I, I, I dance with my my grandsons at the house you know yeah I, I have Sirius XM on you know yeah and I have <laughs> 60s and 70 music playing, or sometimes 80, and some say, oh yeah, and I said dance, and, and then the grand, grandkids, you know, they get into it, they start dancing right, too, right. you know. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's just, they go back, says, Grandpa was dancing with us, you know. Yeah. My daughter goes, oh God, I can imagine what music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, like, like I, I tell people, I said, dance is, it's a prayer, you know. Absolutely, it doesn't yeah. matter what kind Absolutely. it is, because, Dance will always give you energy. Dance will always you know, make you feel good. You mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. I said um, I did a project with uh, Santa Fe Indian Center a while back called Photo Voice. Okay. And the job was you go out with your camera, you take a picture of something or somebody or whatever, you know, and you focus on the on the whatever picture you pick, and how does it reflect health? because okay. they were asking a question and I had a photo um, I didn't use it but I had a photo of um, someone had taken of me when I was dancing at Santa Clara for feast day and, um, and they asked me well what about it you know mm -hmm. I said first of all I said it's keeping tradition alive second I said you dance you dance for health you dance for long life you dance you know everything about it just brings the best in you, mm -hmm. you know, you're dancing and you're praying, you know, and how, you know, how else can you make it exciting and fun, you know, and 
that's how we keep our traditions alive. We entice our younger kids to be a part of the dance. Mm -hmm. you know? And they may not have the steps or the songs all intact, but they're out there. Exactly. They're, they're started, right. you know. Right. With that and, same heart, that yeah, same intention. Exactly. So by the time they become adults, they know the song and they know when to stop, when to right. pause, you know, right. to go, you know. I said, you know, that's part of learning. I said, you know. But I, I had used a whole different photo. I, I had used a photo I had taken of um, the guard shack at Santa Clara. Because mm -hmm. um, our subdivision's closed, you know, what it was yeah. about, you know. Right. But um, that's another story and we can do that another time, you know, you like. Okay. That's, uh, in fact, I think we're, I'm going to try to do something like that with our uh, table language program here. You know? Yeah, and, um, definitely. But, um, other than that, you know, I, 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 I love to speak the language um, when I can, mm -hmm. you know. And um, Sam approached me a couple years ago to be a part of their program, and I accepted. And uh, we did a program with the youth here at that time. And it was kind of like a pilot program of what we we're going to teach the language. And at that time, Sam knew very little, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, once I came on, you know, uh, every morning I would talk to him. And I would tell him uh, what I did that morning when I got up. Yeah. You know, from the time I got up, what I did from that time till I got to work on the language, you know. Yeah. Every morning, the same thing, same thing. And... Um, now you know I I'm I'm very happy with him. You know he yeah. he he's he speaks. You know, and he understands. You know, and uh, he's learning. He's really learning. Absolutely, you know, yeah. so I'm I'm happy that that happened. And you know I, I I hope we can continue to do that. We have a group from Albuquerque that um, uh, come on every Wednesday, and they started like in December. Okay. And now I mean, they're doing a lot better. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it excites me when, when, even though it's hard, virtual, mm -hmm. it excites me when they say the, the, the pronunciation correct and when they speak a full sentence nonstop. Mm -hmm. You know, I say, yeah, 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 yeah. I say, he will, he will, he yeah. will, you know. And, you know, so it, it shows, like you said, dedication. And these are young kids. Mm -hmm. These are kids. Some of them, I had them when I worked at the school as security guard, you know. Yeah. And, and I look at them like, God, they were naughty when they were school. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and here they are, you know, they're, they're you know, they're, they're learning, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So we have another group that starts, uh, started a while back. So I encourage these people. I says, we have this group that just started a while back, you know, three months ago. I said, and they're barely getting to this part where they can speak a full sentence, you know, correctly. I said, and it, that's that's good. Yeah. I said, so don't be afraid. Even though you're making a lot of mistakes now, you're barely learning. Don't give up. Absolutely. It it kind of it, it goes back to um, to dancing. You know, when you're a kid, you're mm -hmm. not you don't have all the details or, or, exactly. or the stops. But like, yeah, as you get older, as yeah. you're still immersed, it, yeah. it'll yeah, it'll just be it'll just be be a part of you. Yeah. Yeah. So you know. In a way, you know, pandemic was kind of good because we got to do this virtual classes. Mm -hmm. But I still miss the in-person. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because absolutely. a lot of times um, somebody doesn't have good Wi-Fi mm -hmm. or they don't have a good mic. You can't hear them or we can't hear them. So it, it makes it hard. So I think in person, once we go back to that, I think, well, yeah. we'll succeed even more so with that, you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree. Um, uh, one thing I want to say real, real quick too, um, 
is that so I was so I was in Colorado f going to school for the past like five years and um, and I graduated in 2019 and I you know I was kind of going through a little like meandering period where I was just trying to decide what I wanted to do and I realized okay I'm gonna go back home because that's where I want to spend my time that's where I want to put my energy and um, and then of course like I, I, uh, I moved back like February 2020 and COVID happens and I was I was like I mean I don't know I was just I was just disappointed more so because like for the past five years when I was at school finals was always the week of of, of Pawaka feast day like <laughs> December 12th um, that, that's the same week as finals every single year and you know like then I would I would tell myself well you know you're, you're sacrificing you know you you chose to go to school you chose to dedicate yourself to a life outside of the Pueblo this is a sacrifice you know this is this is temporary sooner sooner, sooner or later you know you're gonna go back home you're gonna be able to dance I come back home 2020 and uh and yeah COVID happens and then they, you know, they like no more feast days we're, just, we're not doing feast day this year so I was just so like just uh, like yeah just disappointed um but no like actually it was kind of a like a blessing because um because yeah then we had that virtual feast day where mm -hmm. we just kind of told stories and stuff like that and then that, that's when you first talked about Fanta and um and yeah, I'm so glad that that, that you know, that happened. You know, I guess hindsight, 2020, yeah. I'm so glad that that happened because because um, it led to this conversation. And um, and then, yeah, and then of course, like, you know, Thanta had the really, I really, I really just resonate with that, with that concept, with that like tradition, that kind of way of living. Um, and yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I totally agree. Yeah, dancing, yeah, it's mm -hmm. the best. There's, there's nothing like it. It's, mm -hmm. it's like a, it's almost like a, like a group meditation, you know, it makes that, makes that prayer, makes that um, that space mm -hmm. more powerful, you know, because it's not just you singular, just yeah. like dancing, but it's like, you know, it's everybody. It's like you're, you're moving on beat with everybody. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, some of my best memories are, are in the Kiva, just practicing. Mm -hmm. Not I mean, not I mean for feast day, but just like, I mean, not we were, we were practicing for feast day, but, um, but some of my, be my best memories were like practicing for feast day in the Kiva, because mm -hmm. it's like, the echoes off the walls is just so much louder and it's like i don't know yeah you could just feel it in your entire mm -hmm. body it's it's like, like you were saying it's physically healing emotionally healing and spiritually healing mm -hmm. for sure for sure yeah. yeah so when we do these classes i always remind my students you know learning language is not only learning language it's learning about it yeah and learning the the do's and don'ts you know, that's part of it you you have to live tewa you yeah, know, I like you that. You have to live Tewa, mm -hmm. you know. And whether it may sound silly, you know, this is what we've done, and there's a reason behind it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, there was a uh, the cartoon about um, uh, I think it was what's his name Ricardo Cate, and the grandma tells the the son, the little boy, you know, if it rains, you know, don't run inside. You know, yeah. enjoy it because we pray hard for the rain to come, you know, mm -hmm. and you stay out there and you let the rain wash you, you know, yeah. and, and enjoy that, that uh, moisture, you know, and someone had posted it and I had made a comment on it. I said, these are things that the younger generation doesn't comprehend. Yeah. You know, yeah. They, they don't comprehend when we say, don't run inside, you know, take your time, you know, walk inside, let the water hit you, you know, mm -hmm. wash you, you know, bless you, you know. I said, it's a blessing in disguise, you know. And when we tell our younger, some of our younger generation this, you know, they say, oh, that, that's old folk story, you know. Yeah. You know, but, you know, it 
it does mean something, you know. At some time it had a more meaning. We may not know that meaning now, but you know, we continue to practice it because mm -hmm. that's what we were taught. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. And a lot of them are, are just basic manners, you know. Right, right. Like, uh, like they tell us, you know, don't be singing at the table, you know. And of course, you know, I think that's a basic manner, you know. Um, one of the other things that they used to tell us was don't, uh, don't go swimming in the Rio Grande in the summer, uh -huh. you know, or else the, the Avanyu will eat you. Right, yeah. You know? So, you know, kids nowadays, well, there's no such thing as Yeah, Ivanyu, there's no Ivanyu, you know? yeah. <laughs> <coughs> but, you know, you think about it. You think about it, and, and uh, one day, a while back, I thought about it. We were up by Pilar, and we saw people rafting down there, you know, uh -huh. and we were watching them, and I thought about it. I said, you know what? I said, the reason probably in those days they said the Avanyu will eat you, I said, is because the rapids are high in July, and the water's coming down, and, of course, the Rio Grande was more wild than what it is, you know, mm -hmm. now, you know. Mm -hmm. I said, and you see these little humps, you know, so it kind of looks like a, a Vanyu's the back, you know. Absolutely. I said, and probably when kids went down there, you know, the water was so fast, it pulled them in, drowned, and they went down, you know. Mm -hmm. So the logic right. was the Avanyu ate them. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Whereas basically they're just telling the kids, don't go down there because basically right. the rapids are, are high and it's dangerous, you know. Mm -hmm. But that was a more logical way of telling the kids the Avanyu will eat you. And, right. and, and in reality, yeah, you see the ways, and, and they, they look like Avanyu. Totally, know. yeah. I think, I think the line between reality and metaphors, like specifically indigenous metaphors, is mm -hmm. so thin. Like, mm -hmm. they, they often bleed into each other so mm -hmm. much because I, I absolutely agree, um, you know, that when you're up, up by like Pilar and you see, mm -hmm. and you see the, the way the Rio Grande moves, it's yeah. like a, it's that water serpent or yeah. the feathered serpent. It's yeah. like... Yeah, very much, and then even, of course too with like with the with the water and how it, the sh the sun hits the water, mm -hmm. and it, it's like scales, it like yeah. shines. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's so cool. I like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So, and anything else? Um, yeah, I guess I just want to say real quick. Um, I really, yeah, I very much appreciate your presence here. Thank you so much. Um, you know, I think you know the point of this of this podcast was to just you know, have a, have an oral documentation of just our experiences. You know, the, the one thing that I'm learning is that the indigenous world is so massive. Like, of course we have, you know, indigenous groups, indigenous tribes and Pueblos, but just on an individual scale, like indigenous people have just such an interesting experience. You know, me myself, like I'm native from my mom's side and from my father's side, um, I'm black. And, and, and with you, you know, it's like you have um, Santa Clara, Pueblo, and Apache. And, you know, my other friends, and, you know, you, you, mm -hmm. you have friends as well. Like, you, like you mm -hmm. see it that, you know, they have some Hamas in them or, or even, like, even like Choctaw or Ojibwe or, you know, something mm -hmm. that's like that we don't typically see. That, you know, we, each of us have, has such a unique experience and it makes our world so rich and just so massive. Um, and, you know, the point of this podcast is I just want to try to just try to document, just try to capture some of that, you know, because, you know, it's we're, we're here. We're here temporarily. Mm -hmm. yeah. And and the fact that, you know, I, I, we, we, we really have a, like a 
the highest obligation to learn everything that we can from our ancestors and pass that on to to our children and to our to our grandchildren because if we don't then we're leaving we're leaving ourselves we're leaving our people we're leaving the future generations poor you know mm -hmm. like we're leaving them we're, we're not doing them justice we're not we're not being proper stewards i guess is what i'm trying to say and um and yeah i just i just thank you so much for for just like the fact that I got into a little bit of a view into the Apache culture, um, all of your like traditions that, that you've have done such a great job, like like continue carrying them, and and you know like of course they evolve and um, and you know other other families like become a part of them, but I don't know it just it just I'm just really I just really just just from a young person I guess I'm just showering you with compliments right now, <laughs> but, but just a young person like seeing that. I really do appreciate it because like I don't know like I just I just I just really I really cherish my my people and my culture and I'm sure it's like that for every for every race or every ethnicity mm -hmm. but I mean I don't know I just I'm just so just so thankful for this conversation um yeah like I think I think the world is a little bit richer you know the fact that we can like share these share these stories mm -hmm. these traditions and um, and keep them going and and you know using technology as like a, you know like a um, you know assistance to like you know make a podcast mm -hmm. and like somebody 10 years from now or tomorrow or or 100 years from now can like listen to this or find it somewhere and like you know they can say like oh wow like like I relate to that like that's kind of like that's how I feel sometimes or mm -hmm. or I've experienced something similar to that or they can be like, oh, I like that story. I think I want to start, you know, just start stealing women. No, I'm, just, I'm, just <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but um, but no, I mean, uh, I just I just very much recognize how much you've put in your basket, and how you're passing on those stories, those those traditions to other younger baskets. And just that's that's very. I mean, it's admirable. It's like that's that's kind of. That's the whole thing, yeah. you know, to me, that's the whole, that's, that's the whole point of it all. Um, I guess just to kind of like close things up, I just want to ask, you know, if there's, if there's anything that you want to leave with our, with our listeners, um, perhaps like a tail word or a, or a lesson or a teaching, anything just, you know, before we close up. Yeah. I think the most important thing that we try to teach our tail children is Aki. Yes. Aki. Respect. That, that's the most, most important thing, mm -hmm. you know. And for those that don't understand, Agi is uh, respect, yeah. you know, and it's not something that is just given to you. It's something that is earned over a lifetime, mm -hmm. you know. Um, a lot of our younger generations think that um, it comes immediately, that you need to give them that respect immediately, but it doesn't work that way. It has to be earned, mm -hmm. you know, and um, that was one thing that I tried to teach our native kids, when I used to work security at the school, was about Aki. Is mm -hmm. you know, it takes time, you know, and they said, "Well, you have to give it to me first before I give it to you." It doesn't know, you know. I think it has to come from them to the elders first, mm -hmm. and that's that's the thing we have to just take care of our elders. You know, Absolutely. they're the ones that have have all the the treasures. Yes, you yeah. Know, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and like I, I tell my kids, you know. Uh, now is the time to ask me. Now is the time I said, because I'm not just going to come and tell you this and this and this. I said, I, I don't know what you want to know. Yeah. yeah. You know, 
only you know what you want to ask me, I see. And if I know it, I will tell you, I see. And I tell people, I said, if you have your grandparents alive, or you have you know, your great-grandparents, ask them, ask them. You know, I mean, there's so many times I, I kick myself because I didn't think in that manner. Mm-hmm. You know? But I guess I was lucky enough that I lived with them, so I learned a lot in that manner. But there's questions that I, I still have that I want to ask. Yeah. So make use of your elders, you know, ask them questions, you know, and um, ask them, well, you know, why do, why do we do this or why do we do that? Or, you know, how are we related? That's another one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Find out who your relations are, you know, find out who, uh, what clan you belong to. Mm-hmm. And those are important things within our culture, you know. So as, um, as I say, you know, aki, umbi aki mi, you know, yeah. with respects. So. Thank, yeah. Thank you so, Kunta Woha, Chris. Thank you so much. This was, this was like, yeah. This was really, thank you. And you're welcome.